Prepare your ear holes for hoops. It's like a romance with the ball. Get ready for a view of Cleveland basketball from downtown Columbus. Let it ride! This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Let's get it on. Episode four of the Very Cavalier podcast. Eric Reeser, Matty Ice Hayes. Matty, I'm at DEFCON 3. Come on. Following a very bad, in my opinion, loss to the Sacramento Kings this past Wednesday night. Sort of been November 9th. We're recording here on November 10th. A game out from their finale in that five-game road trip the Cavaliers have against the Golden State Warriors. But a little bit of a skid. Losing two straight in two d- very different ways. Two yeah. very frustratingly different ways. Then Maddie coming off Monday night's loss to the Clippers. I had thought, okay, maybe they can get it right. Yeah. Get it right in Sacktown against the Kings. Because the Kings won three games up to that point. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong, and I was wrong early. So two of the three Cali teams clip us, right? You go out, you get the Lakers, you get LeBron and AD, then you follow up that game with a back-to-back against the Clippers. Then you circle back around, and as you just laid out, the Kings get you. So there's no doubt, man. Last two games been a little disappointing, right? Especially when you talk about that Clippers game, little collapse late. And then when we talk about this Kings game, yeah, I just thought they didn't get out of the gate well, man. Just no. behind the they, eight ball. They no-showed. Right away. It was just a sleepy, out-of-the-gate performance from the Cavs. And then, look, the elephant in the room is DG didn't show up. DG did not show up for this Sacramento Kings game. And that's what I couldn't wait to talk to you about because you, you and I kind of hinted at this. In, the, in his first game back because it looked amazing, right? It's kind of flawless it was incredible. for him. They gave, what, 29 and 12 in his first game back. But you and I brought up that this may take a little time when we talk about the chemistry between DG and Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert because at least to my eyes, right now, the top dog, the number one option on this team is Donovan Mitchell. And I think for Darius Garland, this is going to take a little bit of time to adjust to because last year he had the keys, right? Because right. it went from, I might be sharing a backcourt with Colin Sexton too. Well, Colin Sexton's not around. And then as soon as that happens, he had control of everything. And I think now, I don't want to overreact to too much because it's just one game, no. but I do think this could be a real thing over the next week or two to where Darius has to get used to playing with such a dominant force in Donovan Mitchell. You know, Garland, the primary ball handler, you would have thought, up until they acquired Donovan Mitchell. And then, yes, I I think that was a very fair question to be like, oh, who's going to be holding on or who's going to be the who's going to have the responsibility of Mm -hmm. engaging this offense? Will it be Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland? And the idea maybe you thought at the beginning of the season, Darius Garland. Now he goes out with that eye laceration and then he comes back two weeks later and has an incredible performance to where we had thought and even said on this podcast Please go listen, subscribe, download wherever you do your podcasting that there was going to be uh, some rough patches. There was going to be some games where you thought, okay, they've just got to iron this out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we've hit in two games. And again, two very different styles of defeat. Um, JB Bickerstaff came out, you know, last night after their loss in Sacramento and said they played a game of arrogant basketball. Mm. And I think that's a very good lesson to learn for a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers, mm-hmm. who while they have experience, they're all still relatively young. Yeah. 
that you can't just go into any NBA team on any given NBA night mm-hmm. and expect to just, well, we're, we're going to out-talent you. Yeah, can't happen. you got to have the execution from start to finish, and especially if you're a team that's relatively new. I don't right. care what team you're playing in the league. You can't afford to get down early the way that they did because if you're dealing with chemistry issues and having to having to find a way to win these games and not really knowing how to do it because you haven't done it together. Well, they've been winning in so many different Correct. ways. Like that eight-game streak was – uh, put together by wins in the first, second, third, and then the fourth quarter games. Yes. And these past two losses have been different. Mm-hmm. So the Cavaliers are kind of putting themselves, and it's I don't think it's by design, no. into different situations almost every single night. Yeah, that's it, man. And look, I think it's clear now. Do you agree with me that Donovan's the, the 1A? Like yeah. I don't even know if it's, he's the 1 right now. I just think that's the way this is going to yes. look. 38 points in this game against the Kings. It just feels like the man's a walking 30-point-a-night guy, and I think that's just what he's going to be for the remainder of this season because he's just so talented offensively. It's just all about the chemistry stuff now moving forward. I think another thing that's becoming a glaring issue for me is that we can't guard wings that well right now. Now, Paul George is an amazing player. He's going to do that more times than not. He just did it to the Lakers, right? I'm okay with that on Monday of Paul George. You just don't want to overreact to that. But I think we need to really get away from as much as possible the Dean Wade, Karis LeVert all the time guarding those type of guys. Jetty as well, because those guys are really good. But when you have to talk about turning this team and what we're looking at now into a real contender, I think that's the one thing that's going to hold them back because I love what Dean Wade is doing. He's doing some really good things, but that's such a challenge for a guy to be asked to guard essentially the number one option on another team. To me, he's more of a help defender and a a really good three-point shooter on certain nights. That's another issue that's jumping out to me, at least coming back from this West Coast trip, is that when you look at how some of these wings have gotten busy, Paul George, what did he drop on us? He hit us with 26 six on us and then last when you talk about that Kings game you had guys like Harrison Barnes drop so that's 20. where I'm at it's like okay Paul yeah. George can do that to you Harrison Barnes right Harrison Barnes and look Keegan Murray is a player rookie. Keegan Murray can ball right so all these guys, on, guys are in that three to four position window right that we're talking about and I just think that that's what I'm starting to see and that's going to be on the front office to really evaluate these guys and say okay we know that we are a contender, but can we take this to another level? And I think they can if they go acquire a three that can come in and just provide them a little bit more oomph, especially defensively. Yeah, because I was just watching that game last night, and I did want to ask you this, and yeah. I'll ask you this in a sec. Just when I get to my uh, Domitus Sabonis huh. take here, okay. because look, I, I don't know. How, he's you know, I think he just made another free throw. It's like, man, we, you, you, we, and we had talked about this too about uh, loving the aggression by Cleveland mm-hmm. defensively early. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels like to me, you now kind of have to figure out if you're JB Bickerstaff how you want to match. I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know the right way to say it, but it's like you got to figure it out now. Are you saying is this, is this a, a message you want to be sending um, to your bigs? That they're overly aggressive? A little bit. Is that- Especially if they're not checked in mentally yeah. and they're just playing basketball. So I, I feel you on this, but I think it's something we got to deal with. Because, I kind of do too, which is why I had a very hard time trying to ask you the question. Because so what I, the hell are we doing here? I, I think this is the good and bad that comes along with guys that are aggressive shot blockers. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have the good nights to where Evan and Jared are going to be putting basketballs in the stands. But there's also going to be moments that you're talking about to where it feels like they're overly aggressive because they're going to get in foul trouble. I'm going to live with it because I think no, regardless of how many times a guy goes to the line, 
just that reputation around the league can be big, right? Yep. And just even that the impact of guys that get into the paint and don't see Jared Allen or Evan Mobley got to think, well, where is he? Where is he? And that could really mess up the timing of guys offensively there. So I feel you on that. You don't we want you don't want guys going to the line a whole bunch and our guys hacking. But I'm gonna live with this style of play because I think more times than not it's gonna benefit them defensively. Second question, uh, less important because it's a it's a more personal one. Yeah, I feel like, and, yeah. and we're gonna try to get a little personal on this episode. Okay. But put me on the when couch right you now. You have. A 10 o'clock tip. Okay. And you got to work the next day. Yeah. How are you attacking that? Okay. Because so, I fell asleep in the fourth quarter. Okay. I'll raise my hand. And I woke up and I'm like, damn it. Okay. They didn't hold on. Because I thought after 35 in the third, I'm like, all right, they can pick themselves up and maybe pull this game out by five. Yeah. And they didn't. But. So here's the beauty of what we do, E. Your show gets done at noon. Correct. My show gets done at three o'clock. Yes. So on these type of days, your boy takes a nap. Whether it's 30 minutes 45 minutes, I'll squeeze it in somehow, some way, that way I can make it, man. So that's what I do on West Coast trips. I get a little nap in, yep. man. Because what's what's the nap attack like for you? Because I can do an hour, Yeah. anything shorter than that, and uh-huh. I'm feeling groggy when I wake up. Okay. But it's usually because I, I don't have time yeah. to continue the nap. Or if it's anything longer than an hour, uh-huh. I'm groggy because I'm like, I slept too long. So here's where I'm at. My friends have told me that I don't nap, I sleep. Because I can take a and that's four probably hour past nap. an hour. I, I think when does it not become a nap anymore? Why are you just, <laughs> just sleeping? Sleep. Yeah. Like, I'm that guy. I will sleep for hours and feel fine. It doesn't bother me. I can sleep for 45 minutes, feel fine. I can sleep for five hours and feel fine. So I'm a nap king over here, man. Naps are they're good for the soul, bro. They're good for the they soul. They are. You need them. Yeah, man. Especially Absolutely. in what we do, and I know what we do isn't like the most physically demanding thing in the world, but to stay energized yeah. for three hours during a day and to do talk radio and then to kind of do a podcast every couple of days, it, mm-hmm. it is draining. For sure. Not in the sense that, you know, a blue collar job would be, but in the sense yeah. that we've, st- I've got to keep this. I got to stay at a 10 or even get to an 11 mm-hmm. for about four or five hours out of a day. Yeah. You know how it is. It's difficult. Man. Sometimes I come in here and I'm feeling groggy as you know what. And then when that light comes on, it's just time to roll, man. You got to be, you got to be on man. when that on air light it, comes on. And that's, to the point I think JB was trying to make to his team last night. Yeah. Because on Friday, mm-hmm. you do not get a sleep-through game. No, not at all, because you're talking about dealing with the champs. Now, I do think that this is a nice little opportunity offensively because the yes. Warriors have been a mess gettable. defensively. When Draymond's not on the floor, you can get after them, and they're playing a whole bunch of young guys as well. So you talk about the likes of Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman and all these guys trying to figure it out. Who guards Steph Curry in this game? I don't know. I don't know if there's an answer in the league for a guy like Steph Curry, no. but you're talking about can we, are we going to see Karis LeVert chase around Steph Curry around these screens and all those type of things? I just think our three guard lineup going up against Steph and Clay will be interesting to see, but I think offensively we'll be just fine. So I think this is a real opportunity for them to get off the mat because you're talking about the next three games against teams that people think can either win the championship or teams that are going to be in the playoffs when it's at Golden State, come back to the crib against Minnesota, and then you host the Milwaukee Bucks. So it doesn't get any easier over the next three games, and that's why we're going to see how much resilience this team has, right? Because it was all peaches and cream leading up to this West Coast trip and even into the West Coast trip when you beat the Lakers. Lakers. Excuse me. But now we're going to see how they get off the map, man, and especially against a team that we know has championship DNA. And so you're eight and three, and you're you're right. fine, and and things are fine because you, you mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks who took their first L yeah. this past Wednesday in double overtime against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so well, we got to be real. No Giannis, 
No he, Giannis he in play. that one. You're right. No Giannis in that one. So, but they but they lost. You would still think the best team in the league without its best player, correct? Likely can go and yes. squeak it out in regulation. Yep. yep. Against Absolutely. a really bad Oklahoma City Thunder team. Here's my fear: is that that game? And look, this is not. I'm not saying anything crazy here. But that game is going to be the real highlighting of, oh, yeah, we need more wing help. I think because, so, too. Because that is – and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because that's the ultimate measuring stick in the conference, right? It's Milwaukee. Like, if we're yeah. going to talk about this team getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe if we want to get crazy at some point in the season, if we see enough from them, from them thinking they can get to the finals, Ooh. this is what you got to do yeah. is you got to take down the big dog. And this is going to be a Milwaukee team that – Probably won't have Chris Middleton. I know he's still working his way back, so we'll see what's up with that by the time we get the next week. But that's what it's all about. The next three games, coming out of a two-game skid against three teams that people believe should be in the playoffs, what you going to do? What you going to do? I can't wait to see how they respond. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. I was going to keep going basketball here, but I'm, I'm going to have a little bit of fun. A website called bonusfinder.com, and they do sports betting. Uh, they polled 15,000 people okay. and asked them who is the most attractive NBA player. Oh, you want me to guess this? I want you to just guess the first person, and then I've got one B, and then I've got technically second, but third. I don't think you'll be able to do two of those three. I think you'll get number one. The most attractive NBA player Correct. right now. Can I get a conference? Eastern. Jason Tatum? Mm-mm. He's fourth. Um, in the Eastern he's attractive. Conference. It's not Tyler Hero. It is not Tyler Hero. He's a hot name I know out in the streets. So I get that. I, I would understand that. In the East, the most attractive player right now. Mm. Give you division? Would that help? Yes. Central. The Central Division? Is it? Oh, God. It can't be Giannis, right? It's not Giannis. Um, is he on the Cleveland Cavaliers? Is. is it Kevin Love? <laughs> it's Kevin Love. <laughs> K-Love. Wasn't he on a GQ cover before yes. or something like that? Okay, I see it. I see what the ladies see. Oh, it's Kevin Love in 2022, it. though, because I was thinking Jason Tatum. Yeah, because you just look at JT. I'm comfortable enough with my sexuality to say to you here now, it's a very attractive man. My friends, we like to say, I see what they see. Yes. I see what the ladies Tatum's see. Tatum's very good looking. And look, if you, if you don't know who he's dating, he's dating LMA, who's one of the most popular R&B singers right now out there. So that couple together, they walk into a party. Very good looking children, if that's what they choose to do. Eyeballs are all going to that couple. So Kevin Love, our boy dropping dimes, dropping dimes, still doing the darn thing. Now, look, you know, we got a little evidence that that's true based off of who's yes. on his arm. Right. You, know? <laughs> so, you know, again, he's doing I see very what well for see. himself. <laughs> Can you guess number two? I guess. Okay. So he was Kevin Love was tied with this player. Yeah. For the most attractive in the NBA. Can I get a conference again? I can give you a conference, Eastern. Okay, so we're going back to the we're East. We're going back to the East. And it's not Tatum. All three are from the East. Okay, uh, four, Tatum. actually, of Tatum. Okay. It's not Jason Tatum. And it's not Hero, right? It's not Tyler I've Hero. I said Hero. Okay. Would it be... Hmm, would it be LaMelo Ball? It's not LaMelo Ball. Same team. Same team. Gordon Hayward? Not Gordon Hayward. Um... Lamelo, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, no, nope. Wouldn't be Terry Rozier, right? 
Nope. Um, How about Kelly Oubre Jr.? Oh, okay. Because it's kind of cut from the same cloth as Tatum. I, I, yes. I can see that. The man's been in commercials before. I get it. He has some crazy nickname, too, that I, I feel like I need to look up because I think that would just highlight even more what we're talking about here. But I see that, too. I, I could see that. Kelly Obra, handsome man. Very handsome man. I, I, I see that. He's got the tats, got the got the hair going on, like tall dude. Look, that always works, too, right? And then, Isn't that half the battle when you just walk in the room and you're just like 6'4 plus? Yes, that, I, that adds points. <laughs> so say you walk, you're... Uh, uh, six on a good day, yeah. but you're over, like, you're 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an eight. So I just looked this up for you, E. The nickname for our boy Kelly Oubre. How about Tsunami Poppy? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> How did he get that? <laughs> I, I don't know. The Tsunami Poppy? <laughs> Wave Poppy, Tsunami Poppy. Says, quote, Wave Poppy is all about the good vibes. He's staying cool, calm, and collected. It's your boy Kelly Oubre right there. Second most handsome man in the league. We're talking, Kevin Love we're talking last Uber. time about the Time Lord being a good nickname. <laughs> Tsunami Poppy. Yeah. I don't know if anything will ever beat. It feels not safe for work. <laughs> well, yeah, probably so. Nothing will ever beat our boy Mitchell with the Kings. Off night? That has to be the best nickname of all time. If you're Pretty a good. defensive player, your nickname's Off Night? You're Off Night. I don't know if anything could beat it. Yeah. it's. I think it's my favorite nickname in all the sports That's right what, now. We'll do this for the next episode. We'll do our favorite uh, yeah. NBA nicknames because I've got several that I would just love to talk about and kind of the genesis of some of these. But at three mm-hmm. on this list, bonusfinder.com. Okay. They pulled 15,000 NBA fans. Yes. So my guess is, and I would hope, that they did their due diligence in half men, half women. Yeah. To try to get a fairer Absolutely. idea of what this is. At three okay. is a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow. Is a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, I think you. I th- I think I got this one. I think I know this one. Is it our boy Ricky Rubio? It's not Ricky really? Rubio. Really? Okay, because I was thinking because you're thinking kind of in the same lane. Like you got some some salt and yeah, pepper in the hair, dark black hair. He's that, got going on with the beard. Okay, so if it's not Ricky Rubio, we got K Love off the board, and he's kind of a Kevin Love doppelganger. So it's Dean Wade. It's not Dean Wade. Jetty? It's not Chetty Osman. Kevin Love doppelganger. It's Raul Neto. What? Yes. How many people in the world know who Neto is? That's a very good question. My guess was they just (laughs) showed them. I'm going to try to find, like, the scientific approach here. Neto. But Raul Neto. I see you, Neto. Pretty neat, huh? So you're trying to tell me Neto's DMs are popping. I don't know if the man's married or not, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know exactly. (laughs) I'm going to give this guy a quick Google. Oh, man. So you said K-Love and uh, the Cavs going on tour. Like, the ladies just showing up, lining so up outside look, the hotel. That's the uh, that's the attraction okay. right there. <laughs> so he's, according to those polls, the, the polls. third most handsomest man, if that's even a word, in the league. K-Love, Kelly Oubre. Oh, I was so wrong on this. Our boy Neto. I'm going to link the... I'm going to link uh, this in our podcast description so you can see this for yourself because I was wrong about Tatum. Um, Tatum was not fourth. Tatum is eighth on this list. Oh, wow. Doug McDermott comes in at four. All right. Followed by Abdul Nader from the Suns. Okay. Luka Samanchik from the Spurs is seventh. I don't know who that is. Followed by Tatum, Paul, and then Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Um, was that Chris Paul? Chris Paul, yes. Okay. I can see that. He's all in the State Farm commercials. He, he's in a lot of living rooms. He's got those eyes, too. He's got those sneaky little uh, little hazel eyes. Mm-hmm. 
I've always been jealous of the dudes that had those. Like a husky, right? You know what I mean? Like a husky just has those striking eyes. Oh, yeah, gorgeous eyes. Yeah, man. Chris Paul's kind of got those hazel eyes going. That's so Bonus Finder wanted to explore the qualifying elements for the perfect uh, or for the beautiful NBA player. Um, honed in on one of the most popular professional sports in the U.S., gathered over 15,500 votes on nearly 500 players to see which players, teams, and positions are deemed the most attractive. Okay. So it looks like if you're at the small forward position, you have the best chance <laughs> of being attractive. You play for the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks, you are on the most attractive squad. Mm. Portland Trailblazers are second, followed by the Cavs, Warriors, Suns, and Bucks. Speaking of the Mavericks, that's the one owner I'd want to play for, Mark Cuban. Everything, so. everything you hear about him is that he takes care of his guys like no other owner. In the Luka league. Doncic, more attractive than Chris Stapps, Porzingis? Uh, probably not, right? I don't know. That's what this says. So J.J. Redick, the second most attractive member of the Dallas Mavericks, and they're using last year's okay. lineups, actually. Yeah, I was going to say. Because now I'm scrolling on this list, and I'm going, well, he's not playing for them. <laughs> Rudy Gobert's not playing for the Jazz, and yeah. they say that he's the most attractive member of the. So this is using the 21-22 okay. rosters okay. to determine all of this. Okay. I wonder if it still stands. Our boy K-Love would still be up top somewhere. Yeah, because uh, Neto was on the Wizards last year. Okay. Which would make sense. Which would actually up Cleveland's overall attractiveness. Yes. Add in a Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to say it. The Cavs are the most attractive team in the NBA. Okay, that's where you're at? I'm perfectly fine saying that. I need to look up this K-Lo GQ cover. What you also need to do Mm -hmm. is, and he also did the body issue, Uh, the uh, Cleveland's City Edition uniforms. Have you had a chance to look at those? I'm in. You like them? I'm I'm in. It's just a one-off. I'm not mad at it. Blue, gold trim, white jerseys. Yeah, I I like them. I like them. They're not as strong as what we roll out there every night. No. Like King's game, we wore the pure whites. I think those are amazing. They look incredible. Um, the black's really strong, too, with the big C on the chest right there. But I'm not mad at it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And here's the other thing, too. For the jerseys that not that aren't universally loved, you got to have the player that's got a little swag to them. The player that has a I think little, that's huge you in know what I mean? making it stick. Right. Because I think Jason Tatum can make any jersey look good, right? Yes. You know, I'm looking at the picture of the the city edition uniform with the 45 on it. Okay, and I like that. Okay, the one thing I don't like is just land. Yeah, I get what they're trying to do, like the land. Like I, I get it, but it's just like for land? me, see Columbus Sea Bus. <laughs> if you had just done Cleveland across it, it would have looked better. Right, I completely hate, agree because I don't know too many Clevelanders that refer to it as the land. Just like yeah. I don't know anybody from Columbus that refers to the city as Seabus. I say the land a lot. Do but you? I'm not from there. Okay. I'm not from there, but I do say the land a lot. I like the teal. The teal, like that North Carolina blue there on the hip of the shorts yes. a little bit there. Then the trimming around the shoulders. It looks good. I like this one. So let, me, let me read you this from Cleveland or from the Cavs. This year's jersey pays tribute to one of Ohio's most beloved community assets, the Cleveland Metro Parks. Cleveland's vast network of green space, known locally as the Emerald Necklace, boasts over 23,000 acres of diverse, flourishing public parks. Rich shades of earthly tan and cool, splash, splashy blue are woven into a unique color palette that reflects the North Shore's natural beauty. The land is featured in bold, Inline lettering highlighting the tie-in between the endurance of nature and Cleveland's own unyielding attitude. Yeah, man. I'm in. I'm in. That reads pretty well and is a good explainer for everything on that uniform and even like the the kind of aqua tealish blue Mm -hmm. sea logo, Mm -hmm. which I think fits. And there's also 
uh, a rendering of how the court's going to look. And that, that's... You like the court? Okay. See, I'm out on the court. You're out on the court. Yeah, I'm out on the court. The, the uniform I'm in on, the court, it's Carolina blue. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking at right there. DJ will make it look good. And the blue is so subtle on the jerseys, I wonder if the lack of subtlety on the court mm-hmm. isn't going to contrast well. Because you're going to watch this thing on TV. I'm trying to find out when they actually yeah, play this game. Um, if it's going to hit the way it does, if you're just looking at each individually. November 13th. Um, so that'll be this coming Sunday. Okay. When they host the Timberwolves. Okay. It'll look good, man. Don't pull it off. And the only thing that matters in all of this yeah. is do the players like it? That's it. Players That's like it. it. Players it. think they look good in it. Again, the Cavaliers won a world championship wearing a damn T-shirt. So it's terrible. Remember when LeBron would rip the sleeves? Remember yes, when he, he hated, hated the sleeves because it. it messed with his shooting form or, or whatever it was. You won a world championship. Of course, man. Cleveland, <laughs> so. this is for you. You know what? I will say, I hope they drop a hoodie with these colors. With oh. Because I think that would be beautiful. They got to have a merch line with yeah, it, Yeah, right? man. I need a hoodie with this because that would be yeah. incredible. A hoodie. I like a good quarter zip from time to time. Okay, okay. I think that would look really nice. Yeah. Yeah, because you're going to see JB wearing the – because all the coaches do now. Yeah. Wearing the quarter zips. Yeah, and the quarter zips around the NBA for the coaches are amazing. They're amazing. Man. Yeah. They Every team, well I think, has those. a good-looking quarter zip. Everybody. If you get the chance, look up uh, the Atlanta Hawks city edition jerseys because okay. they're leaning into the peach. And it's beautiful. A lot of these are not good. Yeah. I'm Atlanta at does it really well. Yeah. Miami's are okie dokie. A lot of them leave a lot to be desired. Charlotte's Ooh. leaning into the CLT acronym, right? Oh, yeah. This if Atlanta you've seen the uniform. FX show, it's in that font. Yes. There's peach. Yep. And that's such a pretty color and such a pretty contrast and a cool nod. Again, yeah. duh, yeah. the peach state. Mm-hmm. You like Atlanta, the show? You watched any of that? I, you know, I did the first season. Okay. I haven't watched any of it. I heard it's, it's I pretty like good, it. though. Okay. It, it, it was one of those shows for me, though. Like, I did a ton of FX shows yeah. the first season. Okay. And then I just never got back into it because there was other stuff going on, and it never kept me to the point where I've, I've got to stay up on the Americans. I've got to stay up on Atlanta. I've got to stay up on um, you, you Are the Worst. You were a uh, – because I'm a huge The Americans fan. Like, I – Loved that series. It was it was amazing. I, four or five seasons, I, I think I started to drop off a little Fade bit. Out a it little was bit. great oh, yeah. at the beginning. Yes. And, and I don't have anything negative to say as to why I got off of it. Yeah. I just got off of it. Did you ever do American Horror Story? I did uh, the first couple of seasons of that. I tried to get back into it last year. Yeah. And it's just a lot. It's a lot going on. The yeah. first couple seasons, beautiful. Coven, I think, is the best one. Coven and Asylum. Yeah. Splitting hairs between the two. But these Atlanta uniforms... These may be the best ones. I haven't even seen the rest of the NBA's layout for these city editions, but the the font, the colors. I encourage you and I encourage everybody else uh, to go check these things out. The one thing I wanted to get into you with with you real quick just before we bounce out of here Mm -hmm. um, was we had talked last episode about Ima Udoka and how it felt like an inevitability that he would be the new man on the the Brooklyn Nets bench. Yes. They parted ways with Steve Nash. I'm going to still put that in air quotes. Um, But following... It felt like following Steve Nash's departure, everything got worse Mm -hmm. for the Brooklyn Nets. And there was a Mark Stein report earlier this week to where other owners and other kind of power players in the NBA were pressuring the Nets to not hire Udoka because of the Kyrie Irving fiasco that they found themselves in. And kind of everything else that the Nets had been involved with over the past year, even year plus, Mm -hmm. led them like, you don't want this added thing. 100%. I could see any owner going down the road that you just laid out to where 
while, yes, is Ime Udoka probably a better coach than Jacques Vaughn right now? I would think so. No, Jacques Vaughn's undefeated. Well, <laughs> the Nets true. did win And last Jacques Vaughn may be the best beard in the whole league yeah. when we talk coaches. Dude's got a strong beard. Got to give him that. But I think that's exactly what it is. They're in such a storm right now to where you got Kyrie having to do all this checklist stuff that the Nets are requiring him to do. He just met with Adam Silver, the commissioner, the other day. You don't want two storms going on at the same time. You want one storm to go away, and hopefully no other storms are going to follow. And I just think that would have extended a storm with just all the blowback that they wouldn't have would, would have gotten if they would have hired Ime Odoka. So I think this was a call from the top. Josiah, the owner, saying, no, we're not doing this right now. We got a guy on the bench that's been around that knows the guys. He's going to be the owner. And I think that's exactly what happened because, in my opinion, like I think Kyrie and KD definitely wanted Ime Udoka. I think Sean Marks, the GM, wanted Ime Udoka because all those guys, E, come from that Spurs pop tree. Like all of them. All these guys that Sean Marks brought over when he was the GM are from San Antonio. So I think that was the push. I won't be surprised if it resurfaces at the end of the year if Ime isn't roaming the sidelines for somebody else. And we do think that he'll be back as a head coach in the NBA. Like yeah, that's, yeah, it's it's, I, it's not when, it's yeah. not if, it's when. Yeah, and I think, look, what he did, was it tasteless? Yes, I, I think a lot of us can agree with that. But we've also seen, not just in the NBA, but in the world of sports, when you're elite at doing something, your, your leash is a little bit longer. Yes. I believe Ime is an elite coach, so he'll, he'll be back. He's too young, too good uh, to not be a head coach, and I think somebody will hire him eventually. Now talking about your talent kind of outweighing the baggage that you carry, Kyrie yeah. Irving. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's a more indefinite suspension than what they... It was five games at first, yeah. and now it feels like, well, maybe he'll come back sometime. We're not 100% sure. Yeah, it's the PR storm that you have to manage, and this is why owners and GMs get paid a whole bunch of money to you know make these type of decisions on when to pull the trigger back, pull the trigger on a guy like Kyrie on when to bring him back. I mean, look, we know how amazing he can be on the court, and I think that's always going to be the headliner when... Franchises are making decisions to bring back a guy, especially in a sticky situation like this with Kyrie. But if he's going to go through this process, see, and pay the fines or do all the things he needs to do, you know, off the basketball court to get back in the good graces of the Jewish community and, and everything else, I do think we'll see him eventually suit up again for the Nets this year. I don't know when, but I think he'll be back. I think it'll be kind of a late return for it because I do think there is a lot of forgiveness that he needs to seek and receive. Yeah. From, like you said, the uh, you know Anti-Defamation League, the Jewish community in Brooklyn. For which, sure. Which, again, just boggles the mind how he thought that, that would fly, mm. um, posting that video out there. And I, I haven't seen the movie, um, no, but I was either. listening to Jamel Hill do an interview with uh, Dan Levitard, and she said within the first five minutes, and I trust Jamel Hill on, on something like this, yeah. um, she said within the first five minutes it was clear. If you got Holocaust denying in your video... It's anti-Semitic. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what it is, and this it just the doubling and somewhat of tripling yeah. down from him made his hole even deeper. The not even the, the no remorse, no the, remorse, no apology, no, no yeah. real apology. The right. I've you know I've I forget the line that he just kept using. Like I've accepted responsibility or I've been held accountable for this. It's like no, you really haven't. No, you, you haven't, can't just repeat man. that line and it be okie dokie. No, and you just that's why you know e we talk so much in sports about you know talent, talent, talent yep. always wins the day, and that's more times than not that's real, right? But it's also the other crap that comes along with it, yes. and it's like, do you have guys that are going to get along? Do you have guys that aren't going to act a fool when they leave the building? And just all those things have to be baked in. What's going to lead to 
the success of any team on any level. And that's why just to bring it back to the Cavs, when I just, the vibes you get from this team is that they're going to stick together. They enjoy being around each other and this is going to be a fun ride. So they're on the mat right now, but they got a chance to, I don't even know if there's noise out there, but just show everyone you know, that what we did out of the gate was pretty legit. You got a hell of a four-game stretch to get yourself off the mat. Golden State Friday and Sunday at Minnesota in those brand-new City Edition uniforms. And then this time, uh, when we reconvene, Maddie, we'll be hopefully discussing a Cavaliers win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you guys for listening. Again, download, subscribe, rate, give us those five stars that you know you want to. Um, In the description, I will have that link uh, for the handsome Hoopers thing so you can kind of give us your thoughts. If uh, at all you find these to be different or you find it egregious that Jason Tatum's not the most beautiful man in the NBA, I'm on Twitter at ereaserdude. That's ereaserd 0 d Maddie, where can they find you on social? At MattyIce971. Very creative, I know. Don't give me too much praise. You don't need to be creative with your handle on Twitter anymore because as we've kind of started to see Twitter uh, is a mess. And we're talking about messes. There's twitter.com. That's for another podcast for another day. Again, Eric Reeser, Matty Ice Hayes. This has been very cavalier. We will talk to you guys next week. Come on, Cavs. Got to make it happen. Thanks for listening to Very Cavalier. Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast thing you're listening to. 